Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's another great day, and you have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon you. You can't refuse it. You didn't seek it. You didn't choose it, but it's up to you and me to use it. We must suffer if we lose it, give account if we abuse it. It's just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. Welcome and greetings to everybody who is listening to this show all over the globe. I am grateful wherever you are, whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in in the United States, wherever you may be, I'm hoping you're having a great day today. And if you're not having a great day, get ready because we're going to give you something to help you make this a great day. And so I'm excited about this opportunity to share some ideas that will help you have greater success, wealth, and not just financial wealth, but health wealth, uh, informational wealth, reputational wealth, relationship wealth, wealth every which way you can get it. That's what we want to do here on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show. And so grateful, grateful, grateful for the opportunity. You know, I take a moment to give you uh, uh, my greeting, and then I give God some glory. I take a moment just to thank God for life and strength and health. I thank God for all the gifts and blessings that have come my way, not just the fact that the show's doing good, not just the books and the TV and the radio and all the other blessings, but mostly for life for strength, for health, for being in the land of the living. I know that everybody has an appointed time, but I'm grateful for the time I got here. Someone said, everybody's on the road to life, uh, on the road to death. I said, yeah, it's true, but I'm not going to get in the passing lane. (laughs) (laughs) So I am excited about being able to be here today, and I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for you. You know, God's gift to you is life. Your gift to God is what you do with your life. And so I try and bring in people who have done incredible things with their lives to speak to you, to teach and share and encourage and uplift and inspire you about how you too can do incredible things with your life. And today I have another one of those great folks. And uh, this person is a person who I have known from afar uh, for many years, has been an achiever globally. And I had the opportunity, a friend of mine, knew that I'm friends with General Colin Powell and sent me an interview that this gentleman did with General Powell on uh, this gentleman's new podcast. And I listened because I wanted to see what his uh, podcast was saying that mine might not have said, because many of you know my podcast, the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast, which is very do- doing very good around the world, is uh, a podcast that has now taken off. And General Powell was one of the 
people I interviewed some time ago on this show, and then it reverted to the podcast. Well, I listened. It was so good. I said, this is great. So I sent him a note saying, hey, great podcast, great job, bravo. Well, the next morning, I got an email from him saying, oh, I know of you. I've read your books. I know about what you've done. I've, I've been a, a friend, a fan from afar. And we started talking. We became friends. We realized we had so many friends in common. And it just been like, We've known each other forever since then. So let me tell you who he is. His name is Ambassador. And I got to say it correctly. Ambassador Delano. Yeah, not Delano. Delano Lewis. He is an achiever of the highest level. Yes, he is actually an ambassador. He was the ambassador for the United States of America to South Africa. He was appointed by President Bill Clinton. He has, though, a storied and incredible success path. He started as a lawyer, came out of, uh, came out of the University of Kansas, went to law school, and became a very successful lawyer with the uh, Equal Opportunities Commission and with uh, other uh, government agencies, EEOC. He then went on with the Peace Corps as a, a director in Nigeria, in Uganda. And then he returned back. He became the uh, leg le legislative staff assistant to the only African-American senator in the Senate back in the uh, late uh, 60s, early 70s, who was uh, Senator Ed Brooke. He then went on to work for Walter Fauntleroy, Reverend Walter Fauntleroy, who was a delegate for the House of Representatives. As he worked for him as a chief of staff. Then he was recruited to go over to C&P Telephone and, uh, and, and Washington. He, he went from a public affairs manager, rose to become the president and CEO of Bell Atlantic Verizon, and that he stayed there for 21, 21 years. Then he was named the president of NPR. That's right, the president of National Public Radio on top of all of that. And then he served as the president and CEO of NPR. And then, as I said, he was named to be an ambassador uh, for South Africa. And now he has a he has all sorts of activity. He sits on boards. He's been on boards for J.P. Morgan Chase, for Apple, for BET, for Geico, for Colgate Palmolive, Halliburton, uh, Halliburton Eastman Kovac. He's we've been on lots of boards. He's continues to be a person in high demand for his thinking, his his insights, how he has helped people and companies to prosper. And now he has a book that is doing great, a best-selling book that is called "It All Begins." with self. Wow. The one and only Delano Lewis. My friend, how are you? I am fine, Dr. Jolly, and thank you so much for having me. That introduction was so gracious and kind. I just get inspired by listening to you. Well, I've been very blessed in my career, and so thanks for having me and being a part of your show. Well, look, you know so many of my friends, General Colin Powell, Bob Johnson, uh, Sheila Johnson. You know all of the people I've had, the billionaires, the millionaires, the, and you've helped them to become that. I mean, this is so exciting. And now you, are, you have got your own new podcast. You've got all of these things that you're doing. This is exciting. Now, I gave them the thumbnail sketch. Uh, where were you originally from? Yes, I grew up in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, uh, in an all-black neighborhood. I uh, graduated from the only black high school in the state of Kansas, Sumner High School. And I uh, graduated in 56 and went on to the University of Kansas, as you stated. 
I've got a bachelor's in uh, political science and history from KU. I uh, met my wife there. We married uh, in 1960. I went to law school and finished Washburn School of Law in Topeka, Kansas in 63, and went to Washington for my first legal job. So I'm originally from Kansas. I'm you, a Kansas, a, Jay, oh, a Jayhawk. A Jayhawk. Now, you got married in 1960. Yes, sir. Is that what you just said? I sure it is. That means you've been married for how long? 58, and uh, come June, in a couple of months, it'll be 59 years. 59 years. Oh, you know, I got to stop before we go too far. What's the secret, my brother? What's the secret? I've been married 34 years, and, you know, my wife and I have a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. But we like to interview people on our uh, Monday, Happily Married Monday with the Jollies on my Facebook Live uh, page uh, that people are really digging, man. But what's the secret? We interview. What's the secret to staying married for almost 60 years? Well, I really wish I had the secret. I, I just think she has put up with me for so long, and I'm just blessed that she's in my life. But it's a, the combination of love and respect and communication both ways, which means listening to the other. Listening to the other. That's so huge, isn't it? And respecting. And I, I've had to work on that because I've been so immersed uh, in my careers and I didn't pay attention as I should or listen as I should as a good spouse. Wow. Uh, so I think it's the communication. Love is the basis. I mean, if you don't have the love and the trust, it's difficult. But the communication and the listening and respect for one another is absolutely the key. You know and what? One, yeah, go ahead. one last piece. Yes. One last piece is compromise. Mm. Woo! This is good. In that communication, you may be headstrong and your spouse may be headstrong but in order to, to, to move forward there probably has to be some kind of compromise you know folks i i don't know if y'all uh have how many of y'all have our book make love make money make it last but in the book we talk about the things we've learned from people who've been married 40 50 60 and even we had one who were married 70 years, and he has hit every point that they talked about. They talked about one. Uh, one, you've got to have love. Now that's, but many people think love's enough. Love's not enough to keep you right. married that long. Then you've got to have mutual respect for each other. You have to mm -hmm. respect each other. You must be willing to trust. And then always work on staying that, keeping that trust and not breaking the trust. And if you do break it, how do you, how do you fix it? Fix it quick. Then communication in terms of listening, not just talking, listening. Right. Compromise is one that we talk about often in the book of people we've interviewed who sell both say, both have to compromise and that you have to have a willingness to go the extra mile. You, you know, you just hit it on the head. You could have written a book. I just could have given you the book and said, okay, this is <laughs> Delano's book. Okay. So we talk about that and I want people to know that that is a powerful part of success in relationships. Now, then, then on top of the being married 60 years, you went to school, did you not tell me, with uh, Will Chamberlain. I sure did. Uh, I was at KU in 56. Uh, Will Chamberlain came in 54, and he was just an extraordinary individual. Not only was he a tremendous athlete, but he immersed himself in the school, and wow. he was active. He would sell uh, football programs at the football games, uh, you know, as, as sort of a volunteer, and everybody knew him. You couldn't miss him, right. but he was very much immersed. But one last story about Will. He left uh, a year before he graduated, and at that time, he couldn't play pro ball 
until his class graduated. So he played a year at the Globetrotter. Wow. And then he went on to a fabulous professional career, but he didn't come back to KU. Wow. And I read Alumni Magazine, and I was in tears because he came back, and he was asked by the, by the school, why hadn't you been back in 20-some years? Did you have a tough time? Was there discrimination? What? What he said, I had a great time, and it was a wonderful experience. I had a good, solid education. He said, the reason I haven't been back was that I let the university down. I let the school down when we lost to triple overtime in the NCAA finals against North Carolina in 1957. Wow. He was carrying that burden. Wow. I, I just, tears were rolling down my eyes. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Well, you went on from there, obviously. He went on to do great things and become well-known globally. And then he was a globetrotter, but you, too, were a globetrotter. I mean, you went from KU to law school. You got your law degree. I loved in the book uh, how you talked about your parents said to you, we will help you. We will help you. Because your parents, neither one went to college. Am I correct? That's correct. My dad was 11th grade. My mother was a high school graduate. And, but they immersed you in reading. Your mom, I loved how you talked about your mom said, read, read, read. Let me take you to libraries. Let me take you to museums. Let me take you to places to expose you to opportunities and possibilities that are, are, are beyond Kansas. And so uh, they, that you went to college. Then you went on to law school. And he said, we will help you with law school. But you got, you got, you got married. And he said, I'm still going to help you, even though you got this little <laughs> wife. I felt like, because you were working so hard. This is right. Uh, my oh, parents, oh, take I a break. Hold, before we go there, let's take a quick break. Right, before you get in that story, we are at our break time. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back. We got some good stuff for you. And for sure, your best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all 
access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show, and from coast to coast, border to border, globally now on uh, uh, satellite radio around the globe, on podcasts. If you want to hear the podcast, we're excited that we've gotten more places you can hear. We got iTunes, we got iHeartRadio, we've got C Suite Radio, we got Stitcher, we got TuneIn, and just added Spotify. So I am excited. Uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, C-Suite Radio, and Spotify, so you can hear the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Now, I've got my special guest, Ambassador Delano Lewis. He has been just an achiever, president of NPR, president of, of uh, CMP Telephone and uh, gone on to Verizon, president of, of one group, a CEO of that group, president of D.C. Board of Trade uh, when he was in D.C., uh, 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 ambassador to South Africa, presented by Bill Clinton, uh, uh, pres- uh, created by Bill Clinton to be in that position. I mean, one thing after another. So you went to law school, you, you got married, you had your first child. I mean, and... You're still working, you know, like full-time law school, full-time working. Yes, I did. And I I was going to tell you that you mentioned my mother and father, who I just owe so much to. I'm an only child, but they gave me everything they could, and they stressed education is absolutely critical. My dad was on the Santa Fe Railroad for 37 years. Wow. So I got from him the work ethic. The work ethic. He was proud to be uh, a Santa Fe porter. Wow. The work ethic was extremely important. And you mentioned about my mother. She exposed me to arts and to reading and to dance. I was a tap dancer and a drum major in high school. So music and art were a very important part of my life. But all of that, she was saying, and my dad said, you've got to get that education. And I fell in love and I got married and my parents still supported me. Uh, But I, I always said, I needed to work as well, but my wife became pregnant. We became pregnant the first year of law school and had one child. So I knew I had to work as well. So I worked at the Miniger Clinic, world-renowned psychiatric hospital in Topeka, Kansas. They now moved to Houston, uh, and I worked in the children's unit. I worked 40 hours a week and went to law school full-time and graduated in three years. Are you telling me you went... Now, I, I rarely find people who do that, who work full-time, and, and then graduate law school in three years. Most time it's a four-year, part-time. You went full-time law school, full-time work, and had a wife and a baby. Right. Wow. I sure did. And, I, I you know, I was motivated to, to get it and to get there on time. And then, as it would have it, we were became pregnant the third year of law school. Wow. And, 
And the baby was due, this is second son, I had first son, Bell Jr., and uh, then the second son was born the day before I took the Kansas bar. Wow. And you talk about pulling things all together. Uh, my wife checked in to the hospital in small town. Everybody knew everybody. And they said, you've got to have this baby because your husband is taking the bar tomorrow. <laughs> wow. So it happened. Jeffrey came on a Sunday night, and Monday I was out taking the bar, Monday and Tuesday, past the bar, and uh, our life began in Washington with the Department of Justice. Wow. But all that, uh, Dr. Jolly, is uh, a game plan. Yes. I knew when mm. I finished high school, if you saw my high school yearbook, it said International Society, Honor Society, drum major in the band, all those things. It said Ambition Lawyer. Mm. I knew at age 17 I wanted to be a lawyer. Wow. I had figured out that the society had its issues, particularly as it related to race and segregation and discrimination. And I said, I can help change things through the rule of law. Wow. And so I had that in my head. And seven years later, I graduated at 17. Seven years later, at age 24, I was a lawyer. Wow. Wow. What a great uh, story of perseverance. Here's what I wrote. I, I write notes just so, so you know that uh, people who are listening, as you're being blessed by my guests, whether it's a General Colin Powell, whether it's a Damon John, whether it's a Bob Johnson, whether it's a Les Brown or Wally Amos or Dennis Kimbrough or whoever, uh, I, I'm taking notes just as you take notes or should be taking notes. I believe a short pencil is better than a long memory any day of the week. But, <laughs> but take, I take notes, and, here, and then I pull pearls out. I listen for the pearls. So here are a couple of things that I've already, already written down. Have a big vision. For your life. Right. And develop a long-term game plan. And then develop a big, dynamic work ethic. You got to work. Exactly. got to go to work. And always grow yourself, grow your thinking, and look for ways to expose your mind to new opportunities. And that's what you did. You kept looking. Look, you went to the Department of Justice, D.C. You're in your early, mid-20s, uh, and... You, you kept getting these opportunities. You just one after another. But I believe that the reason you got the opportunities was because yes. you had a spirit of excellence. Okay? You had a that, spirit. That is certainly true. And I also had this view. And, uh, you know, we're all different and different human beings. And these things may not all work for you, but at least gives you food for thought. I always wanted to, when you say excellence, I always wanted to excel. Uh-huh. I, I wanted to be on top. Wow! You know, I, I, I always wanted to be at the head of the class. I and like so that. so I knew I had to figure out, how do you do that? And I, I, you, working hard is very, very, very important. But you also have to be open to new opportunities and understand the, the game uh, as it's being played. Understand where you are and how to move from one place to the next. So I'm in Justice Department. I didn't get into civil rights. I was in internal security division. And I, I spent one year learning what to do and another year trying to get out because it just didn't suit me. And I said, I need to figure out how can I do this? Well, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission was created during the Civil Rights Act of 64 when that bill was passed. EEOC was a new agency to go into effect in 1965. Wow. And one of the commissioners, there was five commissions on the, e commissioners on the EEOC, 
One of those commissioners was Samuel C. Jackson, African-American lawyer from Kansas, went to Washburn Law School, and he was a Republican. Mm. And he was appointed by Johnson as one of the two Republican members on EEOC. Well, you can figure this out, Dr. Jolly, and your listeners. He's from my law school, from Topeka. I knew Sam. He was a civil rights lawyer. I knew him, and so what did I do? Place the phone call. Right. There you go. <laughs> I said, I said, Sam, congratulations. And he quickly said, Delano, I was expecting your call. I said, you were? He said, yeah, you just read in the paper. I'm now going to be on the EEOC. You've been in Washington a couple of years, and you want to know what I can do for you. I said, Sam, you're absolutely right. Wow. <laughs> That's how I got to EEOC. Wow. Sam said, Sam said, let me tell you what I want to do. I'm going to put a task force together of Justice Department lawyers, and I'm going to ask that you be appointed as one of those three Justice Department lawyers that will come over to EEOC and help us organize and move this agency because it's just a brand new agency. So lo and behold, Sam was able to do that. Uh, there was an, a three-member uh, lawyer committee going over to EEOC, and I was one of the three. And Sam said to me, now you're here now. The rest is up to you. Wow. The rest is up to you. Wow, and you and took advantage, when, and you ran with it. Exactly. You know, I tell people often, that, that God and, and, and will open open doors for you, but you got to do the work to run through the door, okay? He will That's bless right. you with something, but you got to do the work. God's doing his part. Are you doing your right. part? And many people don't do their part. They don't, they don't take the advantage of the opportunities that come along. We live in a place where I can tell you, America got some issues. It got some isms, racism, yeah. ageism, sexism, but I can also tell you that America is a place that if you're willing to work, if you're willing to go in, and you're willing to fight hard, and you're willing to outwork the competition, and you don't have to be the brightest bub in the pack to be successful. Right. I, I'm a clear example of that, okay? I was half of the class in my high school, I was half of the class that made the top half possible. <laughs> So, so I know you, but you don't have to be the brightest. You just have to be the one who outworks everybody. That is exactly right. And, and there, there are a couple of other agreements. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, pieces that, to that. And I wrote, I wrote my first book, It All Begins With Self. Yes. And I talk about having a, a self-assessment, having a sense of yourself and who you are and gaining that self-confidence. But sometimes you've got to take some risk. Yes. Sometimes, you know, life has become so commonplace, you're moving along, and, but, but you're just not afraid. Not only do you take risks, sometimes you have to move outside your comfort zone. And that happened to me when I was at a dinner party with a Justice Department colleague, and this woman leaned on, across the table. It was a wonderful dinner, beautiful wine, nice people. And she said, how would you like to go to Africa? And I said, Africa? I'm just out of Kansas. She said, I said, how can I do that? She said, with the United States Peace Corps. Wow. I said, the Peace Corps? I'm married. I've got three kids. They're small kids, five, three, and two. Uh, I, you know, I need a salary. Why, how could you do that? I can't volunteer. She said, you can go as Peace Corps staff. Here is my card. And it says, Cynthia Courtney, desk officer, West Africa Peace Corps. Wow. Now, the key message here is information, number one. Live, you know, now with the Internet, you have no excuse. 
because information is all around you. Right. But I didn't know that I could go work for the U.S. government and they would pay me a salary, send me over there, give me housing, and I become an administrator for the government through the Peace Corps and support my family? I had no idea. Wow. Six, six months later, we landed in Benin City, Nigeria, as assistant Peace Corps director. Wow. All of that was taking advantage of the information, being ready to have the capabilities when the door opened, and moving outside your comfort zone. Because I'm moving now away from the law. Yes. I wanted to get into civil rights. I wanted to be a lawyer. Now I'm an administrator. I'm moving. But, you know, I took advantage of that opportunity, and boy, did it open up the world, living in a different culture, uh, working uh, for a, uh, the government of Nigeria through the Peace Corps, and then being a common administrator for Peace Corps volunteers. And shortly thereafter, after we had to leave Nigeria because of the Civil War, I was appointed Peace Corps director. Now, I was assistant in Nigeria. Mm. But at age 28, I was appointed Peace Corps director in Uganda. Wow. Hold that so thought. Hold that there. thought. We're going to take a quick yes. break. We're going to come right back. This is so incredible. All these pearls he's dropping. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on The Willie Jolly Show. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back, Dr. Willie Jolly, with my special guest, Delano Lewis. And let me tell you, folks, it's spelled D-E-L-A-N-O, which would like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But his parents said, no, your name is Delano, not De- Delano, <laughs> it's Delano. And so he has been able to be well-known around the world as just Delano. When you hear people say Delano, they all know who it is. I mean, General Powell. I called my friend uh, uh, Marie Johns, and I said, guess who I talked to? Delano. She said, oh, my God. God, he is one of the great ones in the world. How did y'all connect? And I told her, and she said, oh. And I said, I'm having him on my excellent show. She said, that's going to be awesome. Let me know when it airs. I got to hear that. So you went, to, you went on from the assistant director in Nigeria to the director of the Peace Corps in Uganda. Right. And the, the, the thing about that is now I'm 28 years old running a Peace Corps program. So even though I'm moving from the law, I'm becoming an administrator of understanding how to run an office, how to run an organization, and how to do that in a, in a different culture in another part of the world. Now, I have to say, again, part of the book, as you well know, Dr. Jolly, you don't do this alone. Right. There, there was a young man who was deputy director for Africa Region back in the Peace Corps, and lo and behold, he became the director for Africa Region of the Peace Corps, Payne Lucas, African-American. Mm. And Luke was the one who promoted me 
from the regional director, assistant director, to country director in Uganda. So I didn't do this by myself. Wow. I got that opportunity because someone believed I could run the program. Somebody believed that I had the abilities to move up, and I got that position as country director so, at age 28. So the key is you don't do all of this by yourself. You certainly don't. All right. You so. have mentors. You got sponsors. You got people who believe in you. Don't do it by yourself. Absolutely critical. Wow. Absolutely That's, critical. Okay, so now, folks, one thing he just said, and I want to make sure you pull this out, that there are two ways, and y'all who read my book, An Attitude of Excellence, and if you don't have An Attitude of Excellence, go to attitudeofexcellence.com, get the free chapter, and then buy the book. Get one for everybody on your team. Uh, Alan Mulally from Ford Motor, said, Motor Company said, everybody on your team needs this book. But one of the things I talk about in that book is the power of mentors. You can have, yes. you can get to any, look, there are two ways to get to any goal, mentors and mistakes. Both will get you right. there, but one just gets you there with less headaches and heartaches and not subside your head. So get a mentor. You got mentors. You talk about it in the book. By the way, before we go any further, I want everybody to know about the book, where they can get the book, how they can get the book. It's called It All Begins With Self. Yes, how to discover your passions, how to connect with people, and how to succeed in life. And it's an Amazon bestseller. And the best way to get it is uh, through my website, uh, which uh, talks about my books as well as my podcast, and it's flyonthewallpodcast.com. Fly, and, like a fly, fly, yes. F-L-Y, onthewallpodcast.com. I want everybody to go to flyonthewallpodcast.com. And the reason that he named it Fly on the Wall is because he has these conversations with people who wish they were a fly on the wall, you know, to talk right. to General Powell and just talk about life. They know each other as friends. To talk to Don Graham, the former publisher of the Washington Post, like Friends, and around a kitchen table, if you want, you would, you would pay thousands and thousands of dollars to be a fly on the wall in those conversations because you're going to get insights that you don't get anywhere else. Well, the book is called It All Begins With Self, How to Discover Your Passion, Connect With People, and Succeed in Life. And look, Delano has done that. Uh, let me tell you a couple of things. I'm going to throw a couple of the chapters at you, Delano, uh, uh, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll kind of talk through your story through that, but we talk about self-discovery. Education is the foundation. You talked about that. You talk about believing in yourself and being a right. having a belief in yourself. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, I uh, said before that I, I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, an all-black neighborhood, black church, and black schools. And uh, the first experience I had of of, of inter, uh, inter relating with uh, people of other races is when. I was appointed to go to Kansas Boys State uh, when I was a junior in high school. Ah. Uh, I was one of two. My buddy and I were named by uh, principal of the high school to go to Kansas Boys State, and it's still going on today. There's Kansas, there's Boys State and Girls State almost in every state. American Legion project, uh, pro a project of government in action, where you set up city governments, county governments, and state government. So I was there with 500 boys from all over the state of Kansas, cream of the crop. And I always had this back of my mind, can I really compete? Mm. I'm coming from this black school, black neighborhood. Uh, discrimination is around. You, you deal with racism. But, but I had good, solid education. But let me tell you, that's when I got my confidence. 
Mm. I ran for the mayor of my small city in Boy State. I ran for the Supreme Court Justice and became one of the seven Supreme Court Justices. I was drum major of the Boy State Band. And after I left Boy State, they asked me to be a counselor the next year for the next group. So that's when I got the self-confidence. Wow. To believe in oneself. That, yes, I was at a segregated school, but I learned and I got a solid education. Wow. And I felt good about myself and knew I could compete. Wow. so important. You know, one of the things in the book, I'm going to read a little piece from this book about how it's important to believe in yourself and how you have to work on it. He just said you got to develop that confidence. How do you do that? Well, one of the things is looking back over the things that you have done that are good. You all got something that you've done, whether it's I've cooked a great meal or I've uh, finished a project or I finished high school or I finished college. I achieved that. You've got to pump yourself up with your achievements rather than your failures because we all fail at, at, at some point in time. Things don't always go the way we want, but if we look at our achievements, even if they think you think they're small, they are huge if you start to dwell and say, you know, I did do that. I, I, I ran that mile. I cooked the great dessert. Tell yourself about your accomplishments. It will build your confidence and believing in yourself will start to become part of your routine. I love that. Well, you went on from there to have success about the value of relationships. And what is most incredible is that you've told the stories how you went from one job to another via developing relationships. How did you get from uh, uh, the Peace Corps to start getting into corporate America, where you really just had massive success? Well, I read it, I, I talk about it in the book, and then I've written a second book that's called No Condition is Permanent. Mm. It came out last year, and it's based on a West African proverb, and I love that. No condition is permanent when you're on top of the world, realize that you could hit some bumps in the road and, and go down, uh, and when you're down, think about being able to move up, because no condition is permanent. What it means is life is about change. Mm. Uh, so in that second book, I give more uh, detailed stories of that achievement. So answer your question, I came back to the States in 69, stayed with the Peace Corps for a while, and due to a Peace Corps friend who knew someone in Senator Brooks' office, they opened up the door for me to meet the people in Senator Brooks' office, and I was hired as a legislative assistant. And so I began to learn what government was like from the Senate side, mm. helping the senator with legislation. And then when, home, when uh, the non-voting delegate bill was passed, before 1971, there was no representation of the citizens of the district in the, in the Congress, in either the Senate or the House. So the non-voting delegate bill was passed, which means there was a non-voting delegate uh, that would be in the House of Representatives, and that person could vote in committee but not on the floor. But that person becomes a, a, a delegate to Congress. Right. And that person that ran for that job and was elected was Reverend Walter Fontroy, right. a confident Dr. Martin Luther King. Right. He was a speechwriter along with Jesse Jackson and along with Andrew Young. Uh, they were these young black Baptist ministers associated with uh, Dr. King. And so Walter was elected, and he was looking for a chief of staff. Right place, right time, once again— he was looking for an African-American that knew Capitol Hill. Wow. At that time, in 1971, there may have been five of us wow. that really were working on Capitol Hill in, in, in these substantive positions. So I threw my hat in the ring, 
and I was become chief of staff of Walter Fauntroy. So to answer that question, the telephone company was looking for, thinking about home rule of the future when there would be an elected mayor and a city council and there may be a regulatory body. CNP Telephone was saying, we're the largest private company in the city and we don't have anyone that, may, that knows about D.C. government and government and when things change, we need an executive that can help guide us. So they went to look for someone that had government experience. And there I was, chief of staff for the highest-ranking person politically in the District of Columbia, Delegate Walter Fontroy. Wow. Now, part of that story, if you listen to my podcast with Bob Johnson, I was the chief of staff. Bob Johnson, co-founder of BT was the press person for Walter. That's Fonshaw. right. And so here we are finding out that Bob and I knew each other from our days in Fontroy's office. So to answer your question, how did I get to the corporate world, I got there because they were looking for a person that had government experience. That's when I learned that corporations will pay for individuals that understand how government operates. Ooh. And that's still true to... Still true today. Still true today. And look, what he just said was another pearl that we talked about earlier. I told you there are different types of wealth. Financial wealth, health wealth, intellectual wealth, reputational wealth, and relationship wealth. He just, he just hit on a couple of them. Uh, it, what he knew was wealth and what his reputation was wealth. So he, and third was he had relationships. So the relationships were gold. They were the gold ticket. Once he got the gold ticket, though, he had to be able to be said, this guy got the juice. He got the stuff. He can do it. And then he had the intellectual capital, the intellectual property to be able to do the job. Always pursue excellence. Look for every opportunity. Keep pursuing it. Keep stretching. You know, many times, I love what T.D. Jake said, many times we put a period where God wants a comma. We say, well, I am a lawyer, period. Well, no, you were a lawyer, comma, who became a Peace Corps director, comma, who became a government official, comma, who became a corporate leader, comma, and, it, and the comma kept coming. I mean, this, this is incredible. What a great story. We, 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 are, we are on something big. I am excited about this, and again, I want people to know that you can get the book. You can get the book at uh, flyonthewallpodcast.com. Fly on the Wall Podcast, Ambassador Delano Lewis, and that's L-E-W-I-S, and I, I got it real quick. i tell you a quick story. We're going to take a break about uh, Walter Fauntleroy. When I was in high school, high school, Walter Fauntleroy came to speak at my school. I was at Roosevelt right. Senior High School. And he spoke. I wasn't interested in hearing a speaker, but he said something. He said, somebody in this room got something great inside of them. And mm-hmm. I tell that story about in that moment, something woke up inside of me and I said, he's talking about me. And then he sang the impossible dream at the, at the end. Yes. And, yes. and, and it, I just, I would, it just spoke to me. And that day my life changed. Well, years later, I see Walter one day and I walk up to him and I said, you remember telling the Roosevelt telling somebody that they had something special? He said, yes. I said, couldn't tell you then. I could tell you now I was the one. And if you've ever gone to YouTube, you will see I sing the impossible dream off yeah. at the end of my program. Amazing. All right, we'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest, Delano Lewis, Ambassador Delano Lewis. And for sure, your best. 
is yet to come. We'll be right back. Wow. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire. WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. Listening to the Wealthy Ways Show with Dr. Willie Jolly, and my special guest is Delano Lewis. For those who don't know who he is, he is Ambassador Delano Lewis. He's former ambassador of South Africa from the United States, presented and and uh, I guess uh, put in that position by President. Bill Clinton, and he tells a story in the book about getting a call one day from Vice President Al Gore asking if he would take the position, and his wife looked at him, he looked at his wife, she said, yep, you're going to do that. I love in the story <laughs> how you, your wife was so, so supportive, but when she said, no, I don't want you to do that, that that's, that's a distraction from you and from our family, you were wise enough um, to say, okay. You know, you were ambitious because there were lots of opportunities that you said, no, I, I want to do that. And she said, no. 
And that's why y'all been married almost 60 years, because you were wise enough to do that. Well, the book is just phenomenal. Uh, you, 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 you talk about in Chapter 5, think and build for the long term. Uh, be, be excellent. Develop the relationships. Keep growing. Uh, and then you talk about uh, move out of your comfort zone, adapt to change, and how you had to adapt to change and had to adapt to a new America when you came back from Africa. You talk about mentors and the response and impact of mentors and how though here's one of the things I thought was interesting. How when you were working with uh Representative Fontroy, the, the the you were encouraged to get involved with business activities, to learn the business uh, workings of the board of trade, and you rose up to the top of that as well. One thing after another, you you were ambitious, and yet you also learned the game and how to create partnerships. Here's one of the quotes I had to make a note of: In order to succeed, you have to be aggressive, taking risks, being adventuresome, and working hard is important. You must be single-minded and single-focused, and be aggressive and work harder than everybody else. I mean, I love this. You, right. you, you, that's what you've done. You've made a, a, a history of that. Well, you, you go from there to board of trade, you go from there, and then the phone company calls your number. Yes, let me tell you, let me go back on a couple points you yes. made that are extremely important. One is in the first book, It All Begins With Self, when I say do a self-assessment, one of the things that's key uh, is to look at your strengths. Mm. Look at the things you do well. Now, there are some things that you don't do well, but look at the things you do well and capitalize on your strengths. And hopefully, usually, the things that we are strong in are usually the things that we like. Mm. So if you can determine what those strengths are and capitalize on them and you like doing them, this could be the basis for the career. Wow. When I was, had the interview with General Powell, he said I was a middle, uh, in the middle of my class, and I was not the sharpest tool in the, in the toolbox. Okay. And he, said, and he said, when I went off to college of the City College of New York, I joined the ROTC. Because he said, I wasn't sure college was for me. But he said, when I got into the ROTC, I found out something that I could do in the military and do it well and something I liked. And he stayed. I, he said, I then stayed over 50-some years. Now, those are the same things I talked about in my book, finding out your strength and capitalizing on it, and usually that's what you like to do, and that could form the basis of your career going forward. And then I wanted to mention, when you mentioned about my, my spouse, she was supportive, but she felt politics was, was really uh, did not sync well with family. And she, when I, uh, I ran for city council, when home rule started, I didn't win, but I had a chance to leave. Probably I could really run again, uh, very close to Marion Barry when he was first elected. And he said to me, run again, I endorse you, you'll be on the council. And I decided not to run again. And then there was talk uh, of my running for mayor at some point right. in D.C. Yep. And my wife says, no, I don't think that's for us. And I never did. And I have no regrets on that. It was a wise decision. Uh, I, I had other opportunities, and I kept my family together, and I respected my wife's views. Man, on, on that's family. why you've been married for 60 years, man, because you know what? God gives us a help meet, and she helps us. My wife helps me make with decisions. And, and, and very similar, I was... Uh, 
up to be the first African-American president of the National Speakers Association and mm. was about to take it on and run for it or pre prepare for it. And she said, no. She said, no, right. I don't want you to do that because uh, our, our kids are, are still in the growing stage. And your son, she said, my, my, I had a daughter and a son. My son said, dad's not been to any of my basketball games. He's been traveling. Wow. She said, that is more important. And I said, you're right. And so um, I didn't do it. And, you know, that, and I look back, though, that would have taken me off track. And just like exactly. you, it would have taken you off track because that was a, a locked-in position where you had all of these potential for income, too, for the long term. And you would have been locked in at a salary, right? You'd stayed there a couple years or four, five years, six years. But when you left and didn't do that, you went into corporate America, and they paid you buddy, buddy good. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was very lucky. Uh, the Half of the D.C. Council was up in 76. I decided not to run again. And right at that point, the telephone company promoted me to an assistant vice president. I was on a track that I didn't really understand. Right. That the vice president of the company had a view that um, I had potential. And my office was next to his. I became, he was my mentor. For six solid years, I learned business. And I learned the telephone business, telecommunication business. And uh, I succeeded my boss uh, as vice president when he retired. And I stayed 21 years. So I moved up from a public affairs manager to an assistant vice president to a vice president and then president of D.C. operations for Bell Atlantic that became Verizon. Wow. I had no idea I would spend 21 years, but I learned business, and I had the opportunity, as you mentioned, to be active in local uh, uh, not-for-profit things and arts things. Uh, I was a part of the business community. Uh, the, the Greater Washington Board of Trade is like a chamber of commerce in D.C., the, the, the strongest uh, group of business people, and they had not had an African-American president. And they had several people in line, but it didn't happen. And all of a sudden, they turned to me, and I became the first African-American head of the Greater Washington Board of Trade. So you were uh, the first African-American Board of Trade president, D.C., first African-American president of, uh, of Bell Atlantic, CMP, Verizon in D.C., and uh, just one first after another. All right, so then you go on. How did you get to be the ambassador for South Africa? Well, that one was a, a surprise. And when I look back on it, uh, the pieces do fall together. Um, what happens in, in the State Department in the U.S., uh, two-thirds of those that are ambassadors are what they call career ambassadors. Uh -huh. And that is when you become a foreign service officer and you work uh, in uh, embassies around the world in your particular skill set, and uh, you work your way up to deputy chief of mission, which is the second highest job. And then you have the possibility from that point on, uh, if you've done a good job and had a good record, for your name to go from the secretary of state to the president to be nominated for an ambassadorship. That's a career route. And somehow, sometimes that takes you... 20, almost 25 years to get there. So it's a long road, uh, but certainly a one of value. And one short story here, uh, I was at the University of Kansas, played Alpha Phi Alpha, uh, lived in the fraternity house, uh, became an alpha man at the University of Kansas, 
and had two roommates. Uh -huh. One was one was Reginald Buckner, who went on with a Ph.D. in music, jazz musician. He died much, much too early. And the second was Kenton Keith, who was the first black graduate from Navy ROTC from the University of Kansas. was my other roommate. So he left and went to the Navy when he graduated in 61. I graduated in 60. He served four years in the Navy. He was fluent in French. He came back, went into the Foreign Service, and worked his way up. He learned Arabic. He was a French speaker. He worked his way up, and he became ambassador to Qatar on the Persian Gulf. Wow. And it took Kenton, it took Kenton some 25-plus years. And that was my roommate. Wow. How many people can say there were roommates and both of you became ambassadors? So the other part of that story is one-third of the service are political appointees. That's when you work for a political party, give money to a political party, or both. Right. Well, I've been working for the Democratic Party for a long time and had given money off, off and on. So somehow my name got on a list, and I had no idea that I was being considered. But when you look back on it, I had some very strong attributes. Number one, when I said I took a risk and out of my comfort zone and went to the Peace Corps in Africa, I was in Nigeria for a year and a half, and I was in Uganda for two years. I was in the Peace Corps staff, and I understood other cultures around the world, particularly in Africa. So it makes sense that you were just the perfect person to be that's the ambassador. What, <laughs> that's what I'm leading up to. Oh, wow. Well, look, you know, the great ones go quick. We are at the end. Please tell people where they can get in touch with you and get your podcast. Yes, you can go to, uh, as, as mentioned earlier, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, uh, and you can go to my website, fly, F-L-Y, on the wall, podcast.com, and my episodes will come up. My episodes with my son, actor son, Phil Lewis, who's an actor-director. Uh, episodes with Terry McAuliffe, former governor of Virginia, uh, Mark Warner, uh, uh, Bob Johnson, and Colin Powell, and others to come. Wow. So all of that can be found. My two books, It All Begins With Self and No Condition of Permanent, No Condition is Permanent. You can find those on the website as well. Wow. So, uh, Dr. Jolly, it's been wonderful talking with you. Man, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. You are just a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait till we continue to do things together that will impact and empower people globally. Thank you, Delano, Ambassador Delano Lewis. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And y'all go to williejolly.com slash gift. Get the free gift. williejolly.com slash gift. Go to jollymarriage.com. Get the free chapter. Go to attitudeofexcellence.com. Get the free chapter and remember your best is yet to come have a great week on purpose Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>